Today is our final uh, sermon in in the series, Seeds and Soil. We've been looking at several things uh, months ago. I saw on Highway 1 the sign that said, Fall is for planting. Then underneath it, it said, Fall is for planting trees, shrubs, and perennials, things which continue to, to be a blessing in your life, things that last, things that will continue and produce fruit. And, and so God began to speak to me and said, this is how we need to go into this season. This is a season, fall, is for planting. Though it feels like, and I heard as it was snowing this morning, I, I got in here before it did that. Does that really happen? Wow. So interesting fall we're having because winter's not even here yet. I don't know if you knew that. didn't feel like fall right now, but uh, fall is a season. And I can tell you that this could be your season. If you'll do what is right, if you'll plant the right kind of things, fall is a season and, and seasons are specifically designed for certain things. <clears throat> fall is for planting. We, we need to have eyes for the future, investing wisely and strategically beyond today, beyond what I can see and, and feel right now. And, and we've said many times, the decisions you make today will affect your tomorrow. What you decide today in this season of your life will determine who you will become in the next season of your life. What you plant in this season of your life will determine what your harvest is in the next season of your life. Seeds are a big deal. And the kind of seeds you plant, really, it determines your harvest. Because seeds contain in them what they will become if they're planted in the right soil. They don't look like much, and this is where people get off because they think, that's not that big a deal. I'll just plant whatever I want. I'll just throw all kinds of stuff out there. I'll be good because God will help me. Yeah, God will help you bring the harvest of what you planted, either good or bad. And we want to plant good seed on purpose. Um, And the Lord is watching over your seed to bring about a a harvest that is prosperous. So we talked about, first of all, allowing the seed of God's word to sprout and grow in us so we can live loved. Lisa Turkhurst reminded us at the core of who we are, we crave the acceptance that comes from being loved. And to satisfy this longing, we will either be a grasper of God's love or a grabber of people's love. And if we grasp the full love of Christ, we won't have to grab at other things to fill us. You need to know who you are in Jesus. You need to know how much God loves you, how much he's given for you and sacrificed for you, how much he loves you. It's beyond measure. You can't even measure the love that God has for you. It's too high, too wide, too deep, too long. It it goes beyond our comprehension. Then we talked about soil. And what kind of soil am I? Am I the good soil? Am I the, the rocky soil? Am I the the bad soil, the soil that has weeds and stuff. And we said it's time to do a soil check. And the good news is, if I have ears to hear, I can change the kind of soil that I am. If I would just listen to what God says to me, my soil condition can change. And I can become good soil just like that. And I want to be a hearer and a doer of God's word. If I am, I'll be good soil. I'll be planted in the right soil. I'll be bringing forth much fruit. My leaf won't wither. Wither. Whatever I do will prosper. Where am I planted? I'll be planted where God wants me to be planted. Amen? Amen. 
Today, let me talk to you for a few moments, and I, I realize our time is short, and I will go as quickly as humanly possible for this old man, this wise old man. I say that because Scripture says this is wisdom. You know why white hair, gray hair is wisdom? Because you've been around long enough. <laughs> you've experienced a whole lot of stuff. Stuff you thought was, was really smart way back when, you know now. Oh, that was dumb. <laughs> and you are filled with wisdom now. Come on. <clears throat> it's giving, not keeping, that leads to receiving. Say that with me. It's giving, not keeping, that leads to receiving. Say it again. It's giving, not keeping, that leads to receiving. Proverbs eleven twenty four in the New American Standard Bible says, There's one who scatters and yet increases all the more. And there is one who withholds what is justly due, and yet it results only in want. The more you keep, the more you want. The more you give, the more you have. It doesn't even make sense logically. The New Living Translation says, give freely and become more wealthy. Be stingy and lose everything. Wow. I'm not sure which side of the equation you'd like to be on there. But this is wisdom from God's holy word. Give freely, become more wealthy, be stingy, lose everything. The more I take, the emptier I feel. The more I keep or hoard, the emptier I am. But the more I give, the more I release, the more I plant, the fuller I am and the fuller I feel. Jesus said it this way, it is more blessed to give than to receive. There's a blessing that comes when we release and give. It doesn't seem to make much sense. The more you take, the more you need. The more you give, the more you have. It's crazy, but it's true. Some of us, even in our marriages, we're living that way. We're withholding what we know we should give, and we think it's going to cause punishment to our partner. When in reality, we're cutting out our blessing to receive what we should be giving. Don't hold back. God wants to bless you, but the only way he can bless you is if you'll give what you need to be blessed with. Jesus said, give and it will be given to you. What is it? Whatever you give. Give and it will be given to you. How? Good measure, pressed down, shaken together and running over shall men pour into your lap. It's going to come back to you whatever you give. You say, I need love. Well, give a bunch of it. Give it in free doses. 
Let it flow out of your life. Give respect and honor. But what we do is we withhold so we can punish our spouse. We end up cheating ourselves. Because you can't receive what you haven't given. We do this in our finances. We don't give so, so we can think we can have more. We're really cheating ourselves from the harvest that God wants to bring to us. So, well, Pastor, I, I don't like this message. Uh, good. Here's the deal. I'm your friend today, okay? I'm your friend. If somebody will tell you the truth, they're your friend. It's, it's the person that lets you walk away from them when you've got a booger hanging out your nose and don't say anything to you. They're not your friend, okay? I can just tell you that. Somebody who will look you in the eye and say, dude, you got some stuff in your teeth. Go get it fixed. Okay? That's your friend. I was blessed as a, as a child to grow up in a house where my parents understood the law of giving and receiving. They understood about the tithe. And they taught me from a young age. Some of you, nobody's ever taught you this. And so you're going, oh, give what? Are you serious? And, and you don't know, and your life could be so much greaterly blessed if you just know this. So let me help you today for a little bit. Proverbs eleven twenty four 24 in the message translation is the world of the generous gets larger and larger. The world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller. You can actually shrink your world by keeping, by being stingy, or you can enlarge your world by giving. The Apostle Paul, in talking to the Corinthians about an offering they were giving, and he, he uses a, a farm analogy, and, and he's not talking about farming here, but here's what he said in, first, in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6. Remember this. Tell your neighbor, remember this. A farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. That's a no-brainer, right? You're thinking, duh, yeah, well, hello. And he said, remember this. Because in your, in your giving, it's the same kind of deal. Your giving is a seed. And if you plant only a few seeds, you will get a small crop. But the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And then he says this, and I love this line because this is where we stand as a church. You must each decide in your heart how much to give. Don't give reluctantly or in response to pressure. If you feel pressure to give, don't give. You need to make up your own mind what kind of harvest you want and stick with that. If you're satisfied with a little bitty harvest, stay there. Okay, that's between you and God. Nobody's pressuring you. There's never pressure in this church for you to give. We give you the opportunity. We give you the opportunity to bless the kingdom of God here and to bless yourself. But we're not pressuring you. So you need to decide in your own heart how much. And here's why. 
For God loves a person who gives cheerfully. When, when Christy and I write out our check, and we still do the check thing, I'm not the online giver yet. <laughs> I don't think I ever will be. I don't know. Maybe, maybe we'll morph into that someday when we get older. <laughs> I, I kind of doubt it. Okay. <laughs> you planning on that sometime soon or what? <laughs> and some of you are cash people. You, you don't do checks at all. You just love cash. Is there such a thing as cash anymore still? I mean, really? Some people have it. I go to places, they say cash only. I'm like, oh, man. I just don't carry cash. But but uh, however you give, if you do give cash and you want credit for the IRS, make sure you mark your envelope, okay? Put your name on it so we can know who it is so we can give you credit. Okay. But he says, God loves a person who gives cheerfully. And God will generously provide. Somebody say generously provide. All you need. Then you will Always have everything you need and plenty left over to share with others. As the scriptures say, they share freely and give generously to the poor. Their good deeds will be remembered forever. For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. Seed, then bread. Notice the progression. Seed, then bread. Who provides it? God is the one who provides it. In the same way, he will provide and increase your resources and then produce a great harvest of generosity in you. God's the one who provides. God is a giver. Somebody say that. God is a giver. Everything you have has been given to you by God. Your breath, your ability, your cognitive senses, your ability to think, Wisely, your ability to make decisions that bring you money, your ability to work with your hands that gives you the ability to gain wealth. Everything you have comes from God. It can be snuffed away from you in a single moment. He just asks us to honor him with what he's given us. God is a giver. Everything we have has been given by God. And God has a solution for every situation in our lives. And he loves to give generously. And your generous seed opens the door for a generous harvest to come your way. Listen, cheerful generosity may just be the solution you've been neglecting to your own detriment. Once again, notice the progression of verse 10. Seed comes before the bread. Don't eat all your seed. Plant your seed generously and wait expectantly for a harvest. Seed what you need. Seed what you need. Some of you need some respect. You need to start seeding that. Some of you would like to be honored. You need to start passing out some honor. Some of you want love in your life. 
but you're withholding love. It's time to seed some love. Tell your neighbor, that's for you. Come on, that's for you. Seed what you need. Be what you need. Name your seed, plant it, and then wait expectantly for your harvest to come. Sidney Howard says, half of knowing what you want is knowing what you must give up before you get it. Galatians chapter 6, verse 7. Paul reminded the Galatian church. Paul's talking about this kind of stuff all the time. The apostle Paul says this, don't be misled, don't be deceived. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. You will always harvest what you plant. Those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature. But those who live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. So he says, let's not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Quickly, let me give you the four laws of the harvest. Number one, you reap what you sow. What? You're going to reap what you sow. Either good or bad, there's a harvest coming from what you plant, what you send out to others, what you invest in the kingdom of God. Some of us, we want love, but we plant distrust. We plant hatred. We plant anger. We plant bitterness. We expect love. We want respect, but we give out disrespect. We want honor, but we give out dishonor. It's, it's, a, it's crazy, but we think we can plant something and reap something else. You can't. You reap what you sow. Give, and it shall be given to you good measure. And that's, secondly, you reap where you sow. Where you plant makes all the difference in the world. And I'll just tell you that God's kingdom is one of the best places you can plant. It brings the greatest harvest because the harvest is eternal. And you have a bank account in heaven. And God is keeping very good records. He keeps very good records. He has an entire book called Numbers. Yeah. Number three, not only do you reap what you sow, you reap where you sow, but thirdly, you reap more than you sow. You plant a kernel of corn, you don't get back one kernel. They tell me, I, I, I was in Iowa for seven years, one of the corn places of the world. Though we have a lot of corn around here, there's more corn in Iowa, I think. I asked one kid, he was a farm, farm kid, and I said, how, how many kernels of corn do you get from one kernel? He said, uh, he said you can get up to 1,700 or so. I'm like, seriously? He said, yeah. He said, break it down. You, you realize that little seed has power in it. That little seed has power in it. And God wants to bring that kind of blessing on you. The reality is you reap more than you sow. And then lastly, you reap after you sow. And that's why the Apostle Paul says, don't grow weary in well-doing. Don't grow weary in waiting for your seed to come, your, your harvest to come. He said, plant. If you hang in there, if you don't give up, 
I don't know about you. Do you remember in kindergarten the little little plant thingy they gave you? This is just me. They gave you this little seed, put it in a little cup. You take it home, put water in it, put it on the shelf, and watch it. Now, some of you, you were real patient, right? Others of you, you're like, nothing in there. What, what's going on? Nothing. You, you damaged the seed, right? Because you wanted to dig it up because you weren't patient enough to wait for the harvest. The harvest is coming because you reap after you sow. And listen, if you think I'm just talking about money today, you're not listening very well. Because there's a lot of stuff going on in your life. And you can start to, to change your harvest if you'll begin to plant properly. Don't give up. Don't, don't give in. Don't, don't buy the lie that it's not coming, that your harvest isn't coming. I, I remind you of Isaiah and Brittany's new house. Uh, the, the video that we shared two weeks ago. Was it two weeks ago? Last week? We shared it sometime. But uh, it took a while for that, that seed to produce a harvest. But it was a miraculous harvest. It was a harvest that they had believed for from the day they planted that seed. They didn't give up. Some of us are willing to give up and to run away from our harvest. God has a great harvest for you if you don't give up. So don't grow weary in well-doing, for in due season you will receive a harvest. Hallelujah. So let me quickly talk about this year in vision offering. Rise up. Uh, believe we've been called by God to see the lost found and rise up a mighty army. Been called by God to see the dead come to life and have God breathe on them and see them come back to life and rise up a mighty army. And this is a year-end offering. It's a year-end pledge for next year, but it's also a year-end offering. And, and this is important timing because the way you end one season determines how you enter the next season. Be careful how you leave a position, how you leave your job, how you, you end a season of your life because it will determine how your next season will begin and the fruit of that season. This next season of your life could be the best season you've ever lived in your entire existence. And let me challenge you to do something at the end of this year that will bring you immense blessing and harvest in the coming year. King David, they were building the temple. His son Solomon had taken on the task because God said he's the one to do it. In First Chronicles 29, and let me finish with this scripture, David says, and now because of my devotion to the temple of my God, I'm devoted to the temple of my God. I'm giving all of my own private treasures of gold and silver to help in the construction. This is in addition to the building materials I've already collected for his holy temple. I'm donating more than 112 tons of gold from Ophir and 262 tons of refined silver to be used for overlaying the walls of the buildings. And for the other gold and silver work to be done by the craftsmen, now then, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? 
He just decided to give a little bit. No, he, one of these days I will, I will figure out what that is worth in today's market. But it's, it's multi-millions of dollars. And it wasn't because he had to. It was because of his devotion to the temple of his God. It was because his heart was God's. It was because he loved the Lord. Then he put a challenge out there. He said, now, who will follow my example and give offerings to the Lord today? And I would say the same thing today. Who will follow our example of, of sacrificial giving today? And then the family leaders, the leaders of the tribes of Israel, the generals, the captains of the armies, and the king's administrative officers all gave how? Okay, okay, I'll give. Okay, if you make me. No, they gave willingly. Just like the apostle Paul said, give willingly. Give with a cheerful, cheerful heart. Not because you have to, but because you want to. For the construction of the temple of God, they gave about 188 tons of gold, 10,000 gold coins, 375 tons of silver, 675 tons of bronze, and 3,750 tons of iron. They also contributed numerous precious stones which were deposited in the treasury of the house of God under the care of Penny, a descendant of Gershon. Oh, sorry. Uh, And notice verse 9, the people rejoiced over the offerings. Why? For they had given freely and wholeheartedly to the Lord. And King David was filled with joy. And then David praised the Lord in the presence of the whole assembly. And here's, here's his praise and his prayer. Ushers, if you'll get ready to receive our offering, I, I just want to finish with this. Oh, Lord, if the worship team will come. Oh, Lord. The God of our ancestor Israel, may you be praised forever and ever. Yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, and the majesty. Everything in the heavens and on earth is yours, O Lord, and this is your kingdom. We adore you as the one who is over all things. Notice verse 12, wealth and honor come from you alone, for you rule over everything. Power and might are in your hand, and at your discretion people are made great and given strength. O oh, our God, we thank you and praise your glorious name. But who am I and who are my people that we could give anything to you? Everything we have has come from you, and we give you only what you first gave us. We're here for only a moment, visitors and strangers in the land as our ancestors were before us. Our days on earth are like a passing shadow, gone so soon without a trace. Oh, Lord, our God, even this material we have gathered to build a temple to honor your name comes from you. It all belongs to you. And I know, my God, that you examine our hearts and rejoice when you find integrity there. You know I've done all this with good motives and I've watched your people offer their gifts willingly and joyously. And oh Lord, the God of our ancestors, Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, make your people always want to obey you. 
See to it that their love for you never changes. And that's my prayer today. May, we, may all of us want to continually obey him. May our love for him never, ever change. Then he says, give my son Solomon the wholehearted desire to obey all your commands, laws, and decrees, and to do everything necessary to build this temple for which I've made these preparations. Then David said to the whole assembly, give praise to the Lord your God. The entire assembly praised the Lord, the God of their ancestors. They bowed low and knelt before the Lord and the king. David said to the whole assembly, Give praise to the Lord your God. And nobody at the power place moved. Give praise to the Lord your God. Come on. He alone is worthy. He alone is worthy. And I believe, I believe, God is going to do some miraculous things this morning in our lives as we simply commit whatever he's talked to us about. We're trying to raise $100,000 for this next year's ministry. $15,000 for our kids' ministry, our, our infants. $35,000 for our youth and young adults. $20,000 for our outreach team and benevolence ministry. $20,000 for our lighting and sound. And $10,000 for this house. And we will be good stewards of what is given because we answer to God for that. And that's heavy. It's very heavy. But I want us to stand on our feet today. We're going to rise up. You've had the opportunity to pray over this, to fill out your card, and we're going to receive the offering and also pledges. If you have an offering that you want to mark, rise up. Make sure you mark that separately from the tithe so that we know how to place things. We'll be able to give you a report of what God has done, and then we're going to praise the Lord. Amen? Hallelujah. So the ushers are going to come. They're going to pass the buckets. You give willingly and cheerfully. If you don't do that, forget it. But whatever God's laid on your heart, Christy and I prayed about this. We're giving more this year than we did last year. And it's going to hurt us. It's not going to hurt us. It's going to, we're going to feel it. We're going to feel it a lot. But we know this is what God wants us to do. And we're excited to plant this seed. Cheerfully, we're doing this. Because we know that the harvest is coming. And I want to challenge you to do the same. And after you've given... In the bucket, if you want to just join us down front here and just willingly offer yourself to God, say, here, here I am, God. I, I'm giving me, okay? I gave my money, but now I'm giving me. All right? That's what I'm going to ask you to do today. Father, in the name of Jesus, thank you for this privilege and opportunity to give back to you what you've given to us, a portion, Lord. And I pray blessings and favor on everyone who takes a step across that line and decides cheerfully to give, to sow good seed on purpose in your kingdom. In the mighty name of Jesus, we're going to rise up a mighty army. 
You're doing something in us, Lord, that is beyond comprehension. And I thank you for it in Jesus' mighty name. Everybody said amen. God bless you as you give. Let's sing together. On your feet, rise up, my breath in your lungs. Take heart in me. I know there is.
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for miraculous things that are happening right now in our lives. Thank you, Lord, for seed that is being planted, seed that is going deep into good soil, seed, Lord, that will produce a harvest. We're standing on the truth of your word today. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord, for those who are going to be released and set free and brought into your kingdom because of what we planted here today. Thank you, Lord, for faith that is rising in us. Thank you, Lord, for hope that is rising to a whole new level. Thank you, Lord, that you are doing amazing things in our lives. Thank you, Lord, that family systems are going to be completely changed around. Thank you, Lord, that captives are going to be set free. Thank you, Lord. Recovery of sight to blinded eyes. Liberty for those that are bruised. Thank you, Lord. You're doing amazing things. You're going to continue to do those things as we trust you, Lord, as we give ourselves completely to you. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right. Just close your eyes for a moment. Give the person next to you the privacy of this moment. Maybe you're here this morning. You don't know Jesus yet. You haven't had that freedom come into your life yet. He wants to set you free. He wants to give you a brand new life. He wants to reconcile you to God, make things right in your life, and give you a brand new start. If that's you, I want you to slip up a hand. We're going to pray for you right now all over this room. You say, hey, I need Jesus. I need Jesus to change my life today. Anyone? Anywhere? I need Jesus today. Anyone? Don't walk out of here like you came in. Give Jesus the opportunity make a difference in your life alright I'm going to take that that you're alright with God if you're not you need to give your life to God today before you, before you lay your head down on the pillow today Lord Jesus bless us indeed walk with us from this day forward Lord I thank you for seed that's been planted today I thank you for miraculous provision that you are going to provide not only financially, but physically, emotionally, spiritually, relationally. Lord, you're going to do some, some amazing things among us as we trust you. Many of us have named our seed. We're going to wait expectantly for the harvest to come. Thank you, Lord, for all you're doing. Bless us indeed, I pray. Pour out upon us as we rise up to a whole nother level. In Jesus' mighty name. Bless your people today. Lord, be with Volt Night tonight. Save young people tonight. Let this be a transformation house. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Have a great day. God bless you. I'll either see you at Volt Night or next Sunday for Simple Christmas. Sign up at the Connection Bar. Get your name in the computer. Get your seat. Tell somebody. Take a card from the ushers. Invite three people. Invite three families. Gonna be a fabulous day next time.